Welcome back to middle school. It's a zoo out there, so just be cool. Don't speak too loud, try to fit in. But if you don't, then you can be in. everyone and welcome to the outfit repeaters an unofficial lizzie mcguire recap podcast i'm your host marissa Cantor, and back at it again is sam chung hello everybody um every every time we do this i think more and more about just doing one of these as a video so that we can see your dance moves at the beginning (laughs) while the theme song is going on i do dance to the theme song every time it's it become plays. the the choreography has become much tighter. I think, like in the first couple episodes, <laughs> you were really like searching for like which moves would correspond to which lyric, but I think you've got it down now. Oh yeah, it's a very literal dance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's not much room for interpretation here. Not at all. But I'm glad to know that I'm improving every time. It's it's not gone unnoticed. It's gone very noticed. How can you not dance to the theme song? It's it's a total bop. It, <laughs> I mean, thank you. I appreciate that. Your musical talents finally had a purpose. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Yeah, finally. Um, Well, I just mean that you spend so much time playing the piano and only I get to hear it. But then now you've used that talent for the outfit repeaters and it's better for it. Yeah, no, um, (laughs) it's a it's just a, a quick little hit, you know, quick in and out. I, I am glad that the theme song to the podcast that we do resonates with you. Because if it doesn't resonate with you, then I guess we have a problem. I like dancing to it. Marissa, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. I really enjoyed watching What a Girl Wants with you this week. Oh yeah, that was crazy. So this is the first time that I had seen What a Girl Wants for for context. This has nothing to do with Lizzie McGuire or even Walt Disney the Walt Disney Company. But it could potentially in the future have something to do if we do, in fact, watch Oliver James's discography and move on to Raise Your Voice, starring Hilary Duff. That's so, like, six degrees. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was... It's actually two degrees because Oliver James separates Amanda Bynes No, and I know Duff. that it's actually... T- <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, we watched What a Girl Wants over the weekend, and I must say, it was bizarre. It seemed to be not what a girl wants, but instead, what a Firth wants, because (laughs) as I pointed out to you, and as $300,000 at NYU has taught me, the actual protagonist of What a Girl Wants is not Amanda Bynes. She does not make the culminating critical choice. It is, in fact... Colin Firth. It's so true. As Henry... Dashwood. Dashwood. <laughs> you already I was, forgot. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking like Balderdash in my head, and I was like, that's not right. That's like Henry... Oh, God. Henry... Yes, Henry Dashwood. Yeah, it really like shook me to my core because I watched this movie all the time as a child. Me and my sister would watch this movie. This was on, you know, a standing rotation with a Cinderella story, Mean Girls, and Legally Blonde. Those were the movies that we would go back to time and time again. And 
it, it does make sense now, like as a storyteller, the story that I was always much more invested in in that movie was Henry and Libby, the story of the parents and not actually Amanda Bynes. Well, yeah, because what a what a girl wants, you could say it's the story of a girl going to meet her dad, but that's not really what the story is. The story is about the dad, you know, overcoming the obstacles that have been put in his life that have kept him from his family and from his daughter and then saying, you know what? Forget you, Jonathan Price (laughs) and other random advisors. I'm going to go be with my American family who live in Chinatown for no reason. Yeah, it's all about overcoming (laughs) British aristocracy. Yeah. And yeah, giving up his lordness. Yeah, because if you look at the beginning versus the end, I'd argue that Colin Firth has made a bigger growth, uh, made a bigger growth arc or had a bigger growth arc than uh, Amanda Bynes at, I forget her name in the movie. Daphne? Oh, yeah. How could I forget? <laughs> you said nobody's name is Daphne. How could you forget? Yeah. I guess um, that's how you could forget. I guess, yeah. Daphne Dashwood. But overall, I still think it's a fun movie. I really, I'm very endeared to it. I, I don't need to see it again. I referred to it on Twitter as a confusing delight. I stand a by confusing that. confusing delight? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, just so many choices like were made. <laughs> no, because it's delightful. Like Colin Firth in Leather Pants is delightful. It's just so wild to me that, of course, of course, a movie called What a Girl Wants, targeted to and marketed to teen girls, is actually about a man. Like, of course, early 2000s. I mean, objectively, I think Colin Firth is, is the, the better actor. Yeah, it was an Academy Award-worthy performance, like, biggest letdown. Yeah, this isn't sexism. This is just objectively, you know? It's like, could Amanda Bynes play King George VI? I don't know that she she has that range. I would argue that Amanda Bynes has great range, though, because when you think of Amanda Bynes, she has the comedic strength where she came from on Nickelodeon, coming from all that in The Amanda Show. Like, she came from comedy, and I thought that she pulled... Off a pretty emotional performance. Respect, Amanda. Okay. So, yeah, that is the, probably the highlight of our week, which tells you a lot about like, how things are going here. <laughs> that's, wait, that's the high, but we haven't even gotten into our rewatch of this episode of Lizzie McGuire yet. Oh, right, why we're here. Yeah. This is not a What a Girl Wants recap podcast. This is a Lizzie McGuire recap podcast. And today we are going to be talking about episode 120 educating Ethan. In this episode, Lizzie and Miranda are thrilled when Gordo begins tutoring Ethan Craft, and Matt and his friends become ineffective superheroes. This episode aired on August 24th, 2001. Yeah, this episode was quite a mix of things, Um, but both storylines really are all about the key topic of helping people. Yes, this, there is a parallel in this episode that isn't always there in all the episodes, yes. but we get it this time. Yes. This episode could also be called How Not to Help People. This episode, I think there is a very... Okay, like, this is probably spoiler alert in terms of later in the podcast. No, we said we weren't going to... I said I didn't want to be spoiled about things that were going to happen later on. No, 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 not in a future episode. Like, for... 
as we discuss the podcast, this episode. Oh, okay. Like a spoiler so alert to the listeners. This, okay, we're not talking about a future episode. Yes. Okay. Yes, but like, okay. Should have clarified. Sorry. <laughs> My immediate off the bat take is Miranda. Team Miranda in this episode. Team Miranda? Yes. Miranda had some crazy outfits. She did. She had the best fashion <laughs> and she had the best take on what was going on. Um. Okay, yeah, no, don't. We'll, we'll get there. We'll okay. get there. Because there is a lot of um, sexism in this episode. There is, yeah. There is a lot of condescension and maybe mad. I have a lot of caps notes for this episode. I was yelling a lot. You have a lot of cats notes? <laughs> no, caps, like capital <laughs> letters. I was yelling a lot in my notes. Yeah, so I guess, okay, sorry. Let's just dive in. So we start off this episode with Gordo standing on a table in the cafeteria auctioning off his lunch. He's auctioning off a cup of pudding to the highest bidder. And his reason for doing this is because he needs a new stereo. His old stereo has gone to stereo heaven and his parents want him to earn the money on his own. To which Lizzie says that she hates when her parents say stuff like that. This is not the uh, most efficient way to earn money for whatever you want to do at Gordo's age. This is the age when you babysit to make money, which ends up being pretty lucrative in my experience. Yeah, which they should have learned. They already, that that episode already happened. (laughs) That episode already happened. You know that you can do it, well, subparly do it, um, but you know that you can do it. And that's where you need to make money. Auctioning off your lunch, not, not a great idea. No, not great. Not, not a good and, idea and, for I mean, a like, smart kid. And like Gordo, Gordo is aware that this is a long game because he says that at $3 a day, that's on average what he's making, he'll have enough money to get a new stereo in five months. I mean, he could play the even longer game and just wait until stereos become outdated and then just buy one <laughs> on eBay for like 50 bucks. Truly. From there, he proceeds to mansplain how math works to Lizzie and Miranda, like, well, $3 a day, five days a week, like four weeks in a month, five months until I have $300. Is it mansplaining if they legitimately didn't know that? Because it's <laughs> this isn't hard math, by the way. It's not very difficult math, but they're like, wow, Gordo, where, are you, where were you in math class? That's fair. And then he was like getting an A on yesterday's test. Getting his usual A. His, his usual A. He, does, he like brushes his shoulder. Yeah, NBD, um, no big deal. Yeah, so modest. No BD, as they say. And then Lizzie, with her entrepreneurial mindset, says, Gordo, I know how you can make money faster. You should just tutor people. This is actually a good idea, says Gordo. To which Lizzie says, of course it's a good idea. I came up with it. Uh, and then Gordo uh, predictably asks Miranda for a bite of her cupcake because he no longer has a lunch. Boom, theme song. Boom. Yes, and Gordo is going to be a tutor. And then post-theme song, we are still at school. Lizzie, this is presumably the next day because Lizzie asks how many people signed up for tutoring. And Gordo says none. And he even made flyers. Like, how could nobody have been compelled to sign up after, like, he has flyers. But then we see the flyers. Yeah, Gordo needs some graphic design tutoring. Yes, it's literally a piece of ripped out notebook paper that says, Gordo, will tutor for cash, $3 signs, and then 555 
1-800-555-1199. You got to love those generic 555 phone numbers. Oh, yeah. And the thing about this sign is it's like written just in like a pen. It's not even written in a Sharpie or something that stands out from the paper. Yeah, people probably just thought that this was like trash. Trash, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And Lizzie and Miranda are rightfully judging Gordo's poorly designed sign. Though Miranda's reaction, she says, is this in English? Which like, it's very legible. So not sure what that means, Miranda. Yeah, no, it's 100% English. <laughs> um, and Lizzie says, who in their right mind would respond to something like this? And then someone in their right mind responded to something like this. And that someone was Ethan Kraft. Yeah, um, Ethan Kraft, how, how, how quickly he has fallen. Spoiler <laughs> alert, Ethan Kraft does not earn my MVP this episode. <laughs> he rises and falls. Um, the highs are high and the lows are low. I feel like you say that a lot about this show. <laughs> I say that a lot about Ethan specifically. I think those I'm having deja vu right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, but Ethan shows up. He's like, Gordon, is this you? And then uh, his rents think that he could use a little help. Yeah, those rents. The rents. Yeah, he shows Gordo his last math test and it's all marked up. All red. So much red. Lizzie and Miranda, you know, immediately turn all giddy. Like, this is great. They're going to have an in with Ethan if Gordo tutors him. Gordo is a little, like, reluctant at first because he's like, guys, like, Ethan got an 11. An 11 is really bad. Like, really bad. I don't know that I've ever seen anyone get an 11 on something. That's almost unrealistically bad. Like, is he just, like, not in, like, you'd have to not be in school I think, to get an 11. Even if you did a multiple choice test and you filled in the same bubble, like chances are you'd get 25%. Right. Like (laughs) Like 11%. You have to actively avoid the correct answers. Yeah. That's a little unbelievable. Yeah. IMO. But Gordo agrees to tutor Ethan and says that at this rate, he'll need so much tutoring that Gordo will have a whole home stereo system. Remember when home stereo systems were relevant and a big deal? Now we just have our little Bluetooth speakers. Well, maybe Gordo's looking for a full, like, a TV, a sound bar, surround sound. Yeah. He really just wants to immerse himself. He wants Dolby yeah. in his house. <laughs> That's a lot more than $300. <laughs> so then we cut to Lizzie's house with Matt and his friend Oscar. Have we met Oscar before? Uh, This is the first time that I've seen Oscar. Oscar is a new friend for Matt. I don't understand the purpose of this being Oscar. I wrote down Lanny Erasure. Well, it can't be Lanny because Oscar's got some pretty good lines in this episode. So if you had Lanny, you'd lose those lines. Or you could just, you know, let him talk. That would be too easy. That, (laughs) That would be too simple. So they had to find, you know, another one-off, like, minority side character. I mean, this could be the friend that Matt's always talking to on the phone. True, but sometimes he's also talking to Lanny on the phone, just having a conversation with himself, presumably. (laughs) Presumably, yeah. Um, But anyways, Matt and Oscar are bored. They are sitting on the floor surrounded by, I think, everything that Matt McGuire owns. Yeah, surprisingly, Um, we see some toy guns, which I felt like was very not Disney, but we see some toy guns, we see some pirate things, we see like a, looks like a skeleton hand or something. It's a, it's a wide variety of, of toys. Yeah, they have done it all. They need something new to do. And then Matt has an idea. 
that he and Oscar are going to be superheroes. I know. And this is before Disney owns Marvel. They don't even have to do this. I know. <laughs> um, they're going to fight crime and save the neighborhood. And Oscar is very into this. And you know he is because he just repeats whatever the last word Matt says in a sentence. And Sam is also into this idea. Sam has always wanted to be a superhero as well. So, yeah, we get the sort of like pow pow, like superhero music. And then we cut to Lizzie and Miranda and Gordo on the phone. Lizzie and Miranda are talking about how hot Ethan is, of course. Bechdel test fail. Yes. <laughs> Whenever Ethan's in an episode, it's automatically a Bechdel test fail. <laughs> Gordo has to go. He doesn't want to be on this conversation anyways, but he has to go because he's tutoring Ethan at the Digital Bean. Lizzie and Miranda scream, and it's a lot, and they decide that they are also going to go study at the Digital Bean. But first, back to Matt. He's now in a superhero suit, and at first you're like, what's going on with Oscar? Yeah, I was confused because Oscar doesn't look like noticeably different. Like Matt's clearly put on a superhero suit, um, he's got some new definition in his <laughs> chest and abs and arms. He has called himself the Matt Man. But Oscar doesn't, at first glance, look very different, uh, except for the fact that he has converted his eyebrows into one unibrow. So I was a little bit confused until they introduced Oscar as uh, the incredible Oscar, and then I realized he was supposed to be a Hulk knockoff. Yeah, so we have Matt Man and the incredible Oscar, and they're off to save the neighborhood. Fight the forces of evil, but they have to be back before dark because they are children. Yeah, they decide they'll either be out fighting crime in the street or they'll be home in their fortress of solitude. Those are the <laughs> only two places they will be from now on. I love that. And then we cut to a truly ridiculous montage of Matt and Oscar, quote, unquote, fighting crime. Like, they steal some ladies' groceries. Not only does it look like no crime occurs in this neighborhood, it looks like literally nothing happens in this neighborhood, yes. good or bad. Yeah, <laughs> very neutral neighborhood. Yeah, they steal an old lady's groceries. I think the intent is to, like, bring them home for her, but there's, like, no, no execution there. They kind of then just leave them on the sidewalk. There's no consent. <laughs> There's zero consent. They just, like, grab it. Then they, like, see a man in, like, a business suit and, like, try to attack him. Well, well, you're, you're leaving out some key things, all right? So Matt and Oscar take the old lady's groceries, and she starts to yell, thief. And so Matt and Oscar are like, thief? Where? <laughs> you're right. That is a huge plot point. This is their out. big opportunity. And so then they start to, you know, get up in, in the faces of everybody who runs by. There's like a jogger who runs by and they're like, are you the thief? And then there's like <laughs> the businessman, like, are you the thief? Then they finally get to the other side of the street and they put the old lady's groceries down. She finally catches up to them. And then she says that she'll be reporting them to the authorities. And then Matt says, that's all right. No need to thank us, ma'am. <laughs> they truly do not understand what is happening. And then they hear a scream, right? Yeah, so that is a little bit alarming. <laughs> no resolution. Oh, actually, do we think that the scream... I, that's what I think. It's directly, it directly leads to the next scene. So I think that's, so. That scene, okay, all right. So we do get a resolution to where that scream came from. Yeah, they are needed elsewhere. They are needed elsewhere. Let's roll. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now cut back to the digital bean. Lizzie and Miranda try numerous times to sort of get in on 
Ethan and Gordo's study session. And Gordo is not having it. Like at first, Lizzie and Miranda just approach them just to try to like join their table and study with them. Then they try to bribe them with beverages. And then they're like, you know what? That's not working. Let's just scooch our table just a little bit closer to theirs every time they're not looking. But that's a fail. There's really no need for them to be there. There is no need for them to be there. But there's also like no need for Gordo to be such a butt about them being there. That's true. Everybody is wrong. Like he really just pulls a like, you can't sit with us. Can't sit with us. Well, I mean, they're a little distracting. Although one could argue they're more distracting sitting farther away from them (laughs) than if they had been at the table. But I guess we'll never know. Yeah. And then as they are pushing their table toward Gordo and Ethan, the final push launches the drinks. They spill all over everyone's stuff and that initiates a break. Yeah. But the ladies just got here. Yeah. The ladies. (laughs) Ethan's very thirsty in this episode. Yes. Is that the is that the PG way of saying what I actually want to say? Probably. Okay. We're a family-friendly podcast. We're we're safe for the children, we for are. the kids. So, yes. When Ethan walks away, Gordo kind of goes off on Lizzie and Miranda and says they're only there because of Ethan. Like, you never would want to study if it was just me here studying. And everything that Gordo is saying is true. I'm just very predisposed to not like Gordo in this episode. That's fair. I mean, it is a little bit hypocritical after, you know, Lizzie and Miranda say that, you know, Gordo's girlfriend is just using him for his brain. And then they they turn around and do basically the same thing in the following episode. Ooh, that is really (laughs) glaring back to back. It is. It is very, uh, you know, it's not subtle. But then, I don't know, there's like a sort of a downward trajectory for Gordo because... Lizzie and Miranda say that they're only trying to help with tutoring, to which Gordo scoffs and basically is like, ha, if I need to go shopping, then I'll ask for your help. This is not a good idea. We've only seen Lizzie and Miranda go shopping once, and it turned out poorly. (laughs) They didn't know what to do, um, and they ended up, you know, needing their mom to shop for them. Okay, but Gordo basically just called them stupid. And yeah, like and reti- they get B pluses. Yeah, he's like, you don't even get A's. They're like, we get B pluses, Gordo. And they storm off, rightfully so. And A, like the insult, and to make it such a like gendered insult too, like it's just, I don't know, that hits me quite hard. It, it's kind of triggering because growing up, boys would legitimately tell me that like I couldn't be as good at math as they were, because I'm a girl. Maybe that's why I'm predisposed to really, really hate Gordo in this episode. Yeah. Because I feel, like, personally offended by that statement. That's true. It's definitely not a good look. And it's hypocritical, because the only person who actually wants to go shopping is Gordo for a new stereo. Yes! (laughs) (laughs) And then Ethan comes back and comments that Gordo is actually the one who needs tutoring. Yeah, with he, the ladies. He's a tutor on how to deal with the ladies. And then we're back to Matt Man. <laughs> <laughs> the scream leads them to a girl who fell off her bike. And she's on the ground, presumably in pain. But then she, like, gets up and seems fine. And Matt is like, remain calm. We are here to help you. 
And then Oscar picks up the bike and throws it across the street. This was my favorite scene, I think, of the episode. It's so random. Yeah, Matt's like, don't worry, we can help you. Oscar, Oscar, like, you know, totally picks up the bike, holds it over his head, and just throws it as hard as he can, and then hurts his back doing it. Yeah, a 10-year-old <laughs> child throws their back out. <laughs> and then the girl is just lying on the ground, and she says, hey, that's a brand new bike. I'm telling my dad. Oh, it's so random. I said that, though, the, the back pain little bit of karma he just threw a perfectly good bike all that was necessary like you think this is the best part right like you think they're just gonna like help her up right but no the bike is the enemy the bike is the villain in this situation hey hey they committed to fighting crime in any form that it takes (laughs) and then we cut back to the cafeteria it's the next day and lizzie and miranda are discussing what happened lizzie feels bad for using gordo to get to Ethan. Miranda reminds Lizzie that Gordo called them dumb and that's worse. And I am team Miranda in this situation. And I want to sort of unpack a little bit this pattern of Gordo doing something objectively problematic and then Lizzie defending it or not even defending it, but but somehow it's Lizzie's fault or Lizzie, Lizzie feels bad. For him. What is with that? That happens over and over again in this series. Yeah, none of these people are good friends to each other. You know, they're always saying hurtful things to one another. They're always, you know, calling each other out for things that they themselves are guilty of. I just think the lesson here is like these three people are not compatible. Maybe. Or they just need to dump Gordo. I don't know. I just find it so interesting, like thinking about gender and the show and like why is it perpetuated that Gordo can do something wrong or say something rude or just be a jerk but then Lizzie is feeling bad for him and feeling like she somehow has done something wrong to deserve the treatment that he is giving her or like trying to like validate that like why he feels that way and like Lizzie's the it's the show is called Lizzie McGuire. You can say that like, well, in this case, Miranda pushes back and is the no, like Gordo called us dumb. That's, that's bad. That's worse. And she's very unhappy with him. But we, the viewers, the children watching the show were always more inclined to be in line with what Lizzie is thinking and feeling and like rooting for her and following her train of thought. So like, what is that teaching girls? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Thank you. I got very analytical there. You did. You really got into her psyche. Yeah, I just, I, it's just, no, girl, like, be mad at that. When she gets mad, she gets so mad. She doesn't have, there's no depth to her anger. It, it's all or nothing. But yeah, she's like, being a good friend is more important. Like, she, she keeps bringing their friendship back in multiple times in this episode and, like, justifying that, like, like I'm not going to lose a friend over this, but, like, the friend in question is the one in the wrong. Like, she's always feeling that she has to protect something. It's interesting, right, like, what Lizzie is and is not willing to lose her friend over, especially in conjunction with the previous episode that we recapped. Because, like, she had no problem, you know, telling Gordo to his face that his girlfriend is not a good person and, uh, you know, she's just using him. But I don't know. She's not very consistent. She's not consistent, but... I don't know. I just keep thinking. I've been thinking a lot in general, and this isn't even specific to Lizzie McGuire, but 
I'm thinking a lot about the television we consumed as children and especially in like representation of, you know, everything from gender to sexuality to race and just like how looking back at what we consumed as kids and then seeing it as adults and like us finding all of these problematic things, but like thinking about, oh, then what did I internalize as a child watching these shows? I mean, that's been a problem with Disney for a long time, right? How they portray gender stereotypes and gender norms. You think about like all the ideas of like being a princess and what it means to be, you know, just like a girl waiting for somebody to save you from whatever situation you're in. This is just kind of like the next evolution of like whatever Disney is putting out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, for sure. It's a tale as old as time. True as it can be. True as it can be. Yeah, the fact that we are conditioned to want to be a princess before we can even speak ourselves. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I've just been thinking a lot as I've as I'm like unpacking my own things and like thinking about the history of content for children and like seeing stuff now that would have never that would never fly now, but then wondering like how much this content then impacted how I viewed the world growing up and like the things that I later then had to unlearn getting really into it in this episode. But anyways, yes, Lizzie's reaction to Gordo upsets me. Anyways, moving on. So then we cut to Gordo and Ethan and Gordo is getting frustrated with Ethan's inability to divide fractions. And I want to play this clip, I think, starting from when Lizzie approaches Ethan and Gordo. We don't need any help. I need help. (laughs) Dividing fractions is always really hard. It's easier for me if I imagine the numbers are something real. Like, hair scrunchies. Who's got hair scrunchies? Ethan needs hair scrunchies! Okay. We have four hair scrunchies. Oh, that's what you call those things. Lizzie, we're studying math, not beauty supplies. But I come in peace. Okay, what's one half of the hair scrunchies? Two scrunchies. Okay, so that's one over two. Now, what's a quarter of the scrunchies? One scrunchie? Good, so that's one over four. Now, how many times does one scrunchie go into two scrunchies? Two. Excellent, so let's look at the problem. We have one-half divided by one-fourth. Now flip the second fraction and multiply. What do you get? Come on, you can get this. I know there are brains under that perfect hair. Two, that's totally easy. (laughs) That's what I've been saying for the past half hour. Yeah, but it makes no sense when she lays it down. Props, Lizzie. So yeah, I think that there's a lot to unpack here. Thoughts. Where to begin? So, firstly, Lizzie needs hair scrunchies. No, not Lizzie. Ethan needs hair scr- Like, the fact that everybody then throws their hair scrunchies over at Lizzie and Ethan is just is crazy. Like, the things that people will do for Ethan really speak volumes, I guess, about his uh, status within the school. But, yeah, so they're going over how to divide fractions, and Ethan isn't getting it. And Gordo, I'm not sure what this is, whether this is pride, whether this is financially motivated, or whether, you know, it's just him being a jerk. For whatever reason, he doesn't want Lizzie's help. 
when clearly he's getting nowhere with Ethan. He's been going over how to divide half by a quarter for the past half hour. So that should be a little bit telling that maybe you need a different approach. Um, I don't know that we needed the math lesson necessarily. <laughs> like no one's watching Disney Channel so that they can have fractions explained to them. <laughs> like this isn't PBS Kids. But, you know, we got it. It was something that happened. And, um, yeah, and then the fact that, you know, Gordo has the nerve to say uh, we're studying math, not beauty supplies, when her method actually works is just, you know, it, it, it rubs you the wrong way. Yeah, I, I definitely think that it's a pride slash ego thing. I don't really think that it's as financially motivated well, at this point i think he ethan is his only client that's true <laughs> he has no backup but i think that um again making such a like gendered sexist comment does come from like who he is as a like it, it comes from more of like that place of like oh so that's how you really feel gordo i yeah. don't know it's gross i wanted to note that this is one of the first of many times in this episode that like Ethan Craft is objectified. That's true. And I think about that too, right? Like would that be, is it like in some ways it's like Ethan Craft is the most objectified figure in this series. Oh, totally. For sure. And like we have seen so many portrayals of like women being objectified by media that one could argue that Ethan's a himbo, right? And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there was a lot of himbo discourse on Twitter over the last week. Um, Why? We That would be a whole podcast in and of itself. I mean, but it makes sense. You're more likely to see that in a show with a female protagonist. Yes, but like to the degree that, like the degree to which he is objectified, like it is, it goes beyond like their own sort of crushes on him. Like everyone objectifies Ethan Craft. That's true. Although he does turn around and objectify other people. That's true. He's not in the clear. He's not. (laughs) Yeah, he's not totally blameless here. No, but it's just something I wanted to point out. And yeah, Ethan is very clearly a visual learner. And Lizzie taps into that and helps him understand in a way that Gordo, the quote unquote smart one, couldn't get to. So who is the smart one here? Lizzie McGuire. You have to know your audience, right? And Gordo doesn't get that about teaching. You can't necessarily teach someone the way that like you can be taught. You have to know your audience and adapt your methods to fit that audience. Yep. And Lizzie knew her audience. For sure. Although Ethan doesn't know what hair scrunchies are. so. And also Ethan did not retain... He got it in the moment, but the retention was not not there. Yeah. Yeah, it makes more sense when Lizzie lays it down, and then you cut it off where Ethan then asks Lizzie to tutor him for the first time. And we kind of get a little cliffhanger where, like, she doesn't answer in the moment, but then we cut to the next scene of Lizzie and Miranda at the Digital Bean where Miranda's like, how could you say no? And again, Lizzie brings her and Gordo's friendship into the center and yeah. being like, that's what's important. Yeah, friendship is more important than arguing about who should apologize. Yeah, to which Miranda is like, he called us dumb. 
And this provides the perfect opportunity for Gordo to walk in and demand an apology. But wait, first, Lizzie says that she actually wants to apologize to Gordo for barging in. And Miranda says, whoa, 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 whoa. Gordo owes us an apology. Then, and only then, does Gordo manifest and pretty much demand an apology. Gordo says that they were just using him to get to Ethan. If they wanted to hang out with Ethan, then they need to leave him out of it. I get the sentiment. He's not, objectively, he is not wrong, but he has been rude and sexist toward them the entire episode. So that's my feelings. That's valid. So then we cut to home and Joe is pissed. Uh, She keeps getting phone calls about how Matt and Oscar are terrorizing the neighbors and she's done with it. She doesn't want that to happen anymore. So now they're only allowed to fight crime in the house. Sam suggests maybe uh, looking for the remote, which was swallowed by the evil couch monster. Yes. And Matt goes, you laugh now, but evil lurks where you least expect it. And Oscar contributes evil never sleeps. So that is why he couldn't have been Lanny, because then we couldn't have gotten that line. And so Matt decides, like, he knows what they'll do. They need to create an evil villain, defeat him, and save the family. I mean, I want to note that why does the villain have to be a him? Hmm? 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 Anyways. That's true. Um, This is politics 101. If there is no villain, create the villain. And, I mean, at this point, like, you know, Matt and Oscar are, they're playing. They're being imaginative. They are going to come up with a story. Although it is probably safer for them to do it in the house. Yeah, I would (laughs) agree. That way Oscar doesn't throw out his back again. (laughs) It's true. Um, And then they start running through the kitchen with that same sort of green screen effect as they were outside. And then we cut back to school, and this is a moment to note because it is the first time in the series that we meet recurring favorite substitute teacher, Mr. Diggs. Oh, I didn't even know he had a name. He does. I don't think it was spoken in this episode. I don't think they knew that they wanted him to keep coming back, but he's becomes it becomes the joke right like the, at the I feel like from this point onward there's never actually a teacher it's always just Mr. Digg consistently substituting whatever class they're in I mean that that happens in in school right you'd, you'd see the same substitute teachers kind of float around depending on where they needed to be yeah but substitute teaching is is a tough gig it really is tough it's gig brutal. no love for substitutes for substitutes and Mr. Diggs is radical right like he starts off he's like he doesn't believe in tests or grades education is a road trip it's about the journey not the destination mr diggs this is why you're a substitute and not a real teacher yeah except lol he's a sub (laughs) so they have to take the quiz and then afterwards miranda and lizzie and gordo and ethan are all waiting outside the uh the classroom because that's how it works right the teacher grades the tests immediately following not only and the, everyone te- knows the substitute teacher, the substitute grades, teacher. <laughs> grades the test. And everybody knows right away how they did. Yeah, this is not accurate. Um, and Miranda and Lizzie are being quite passive aggressive in their discussion. Yeah, they're talking um, loudly about how they're confident that they aced the quiz so, so that Gordo can overhear this. And then, you know, we find out, Mr. Digg, that Ethan failed the quiz. Gordo says, that's impossible. I tutored you. And that's not how it works, Gordo. That's not. And at this point, we get some really creepy things from the substitute teacher. 
The substitute teacher tells Ethan that it's a good thing he's a handsome boy and he's going to give Ethan an extra shot tomorrow to redo the test. Yeah, that is really weird. It's creepy. It's really creepy. (laughs) What does that mean? It's a good thing that you're a handsome boy. That is straight up sexual harassment. And this is the this is our favorite substitute teacher. I know, really weird and like concerning. Like, why does Ethan just get a free pass to do over the test? Because he's handsome. He's a handsome boy. (sighs) (laughs) And Ethan tells Lizzie again that he wants her to tutor him. And Lizzie debates this a little bit in her head, but finally decides that she doesn't care about Gordo anymore. (laughs) Yeah, so she reluctantly agrees. Then we cut back to Lizzie's house and her black platforms are missing. She is meeting Ethan at the Digital Bean in 20 minutes and she can't find a single pair of shoes. How close to the Digital Bean do they live? Not every town is the town we grew up in where things are at minimum 20 minutes away. 20 minutes driving. Driving, yeah. But we're assuming Lizzie's walking, right? Because Joe and Sam don't look ready to go anywhere. (laughs) Unclear. Unclear. I mean, I assume that she's probably going to be driven, but you're right. That is not... That's, that's, that is. Conjecture. Yes. <laughs> is that the word you're today. looking for? Um, yeah, that is conjecture. What has happened here is that Matt has stolen all of Lizzie's shoes. Um, it wasn't Matt. It was the evil shoe baron. Yes. Get it right. Matt contrived an evil shoe baron. And this gets resolved very quickly because Joe is just not having it. She's like, you need to get all of your sister's shoes or you will forever be in the Fortress of Solitude or something like that. Goes and gets the shoes. They All of Lizzie's shoes are in a trash bag that gets dumped out. But wait, there is a note from the evil shoe baron. And this is just like the quickest resolution to, to a story that the evil shoe baron has given up a life of crime and is thankful to Matt Man. And Always leave a note. That's an Arrested Development joke. And Joe is very much over this Matt man, this evil shoe baron stuff, to which I say, you have an imaginative child, Joe McGuire. You should be, you should be nurturing that. You should not be stifling Matt's imagination. Joe lives to stifle Matt's imagination. Like, think how imaginative he, <laughs> the imaginative solutions he came up with to get out of going to school that day, just crushed. But yeah, I thought that Joe was a little, little harsh. <laughs> and Matt misspelled bravery. <laughs> <laughs> Called out. That was a good line. Yeah. If there's one thing we can't stand, it's a typo. True. So then we are back at the Digital Bean. Lizzie is now tutoring Ethan using jelly beans, except Ethan is eating the jelly beans. Yeah, and um, Gordo is there giving them side eye from the corner. Major side eye. <laughs> Um, he doesn't get it with jelly beans though. He would only, he only understands math with apparently scrunchies and cheerleaders. And how convenient. <laughs> there just happened to be a the bunch of The entire cheerleading squad is just there <laughs> and Lizzie screams, everybody, Ethan needs cheerleaders and just literally summons from nowhere an entire squad. Sans Kate and Claire. Oh, good call. Yeah. I did not see Where them. Where are there. they? Where are they? Um, it doesn't matter, though. Ethan is content with any cheerleaders. Excellent. That's what he said. <laughs> he, he pulled in Austin Powers. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that's supposed to be a reference? I think it is supposed to be a reference. It's definitely supposed to be Austin Powers. Excellent. Got you. Did you get the reference? No, that was also lost on me. 
Um, so then Lizzie does the similar, you know, thing that she does with the scrunchies where she talks through a problem and all of the cheerleaders are um, organizing themselves to make an equation. And Ethan is just giving them like lusty eyes the entire time. He's not really paying attention. Yeah, the question is half divided by half. And this isn't even a tough one because anything divided by anything is one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like if something is divided by itself, one. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> literally the easiest. And the one is Rhonda. Yeah, it reduces to Rhonda. Rhonda. <laughs> and Lizzie's like, no, Lizzie. And Ethan tells Lizzie he really likes this math. With a specific thirst in his tone and in his eyes. A thirst in his <laughs> mouth and eyes. Yeah. Um, and then we immediately cut to the next day after the makeup test. Miranda and Lizzie are worried about Ethan. They're waiting for his results. And Miranda's like, don't worry, Lizzie. Ethan will pass. He had a great tutor. Enter Gordo saying, yes, he did. And then launches into a whole apology about being a jerk and not meaning to make them feel stupid. And they apologized too. I mean, I would argue that there was no apology necessary on the Lizzie and Miranda front, really. But Gordo says, nobody got an A in friendship. And that's rationalization because what Gordo did was worse. I mean, none of them get an A in friendship because they're bad friends to each other and they shouldn't be friends. And then in a stunning conclusion, Ethan got a 72. He aced it. And then Lizzie says, how do I like someone who thinks that 72 is acing it? But then he hugs her. Big moment. A platonic hug. A platonic (laughs) hug, but a hug all the same. And she's like, oh, that's why. Yeah, I mean, he passed. That was better than what Gordo did. That's true. Um, And then Gordo decides that he doesn't need to be a tutor anymore. His new plan is to just go over to Lizzie's house and listen to her stereo because she had a stereo the entire time. The whole time. And then Lizzie's like, you can use my stereo whenever you want. Aw. 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 The end. Gross. (laughs) (laughs) And that was episode 120, Educating Ethan. Yeah, I don't think we had any questions. I didn't see any questions come in this week, so we can skip questions. Yeah, we can go straight to the outfits. And I think you're very excited to talk about the outfits. Miranda's specifically. Miranda just outfit game was crazy this episode. Just such a diverse portfolio of clothing. Starting from the very beginning, let's talk through this first look that we see in the opening scene from Miranda. Miranda? The theme of this episode is Miranda and her hats. Which is surprising because in school we are always told don't wear a hat in school, but Miranda seems to get away with it. And maybe when you wear hats this fly, it's just what happens. You can get away with it. What type of hat would you say this is? Your hat repertoire is... I don't know. It's kind of like a boat hat. I don't know. Yeah. A tulip hat? Sure. A tulip hat. I don't That's know. That's what the hat that my Animal Crossing gal wears is called. And it kind of looks like that. Oh, yeah. I mean, if it's what it's called in Animal Crossing, then <laughs> that is what it is. Yeah, so she has a cute little red hat. I kind of am loving the knitted tank top shirt over the long sleeve tee look. It's a lot, but she pulls it off. It is, yeah. It looks like a quilt that's been knitted into a tank top. Big, big outfit game for Miranda right off the bat. Yeah, and then Lizzie's wearing a white shirt with a giant pink flower on it. I feel like I had a shirt that's very similar to that outfit with a pink sweatshirt over it, very reminiscent of my matching sweatshirts days. 
All right, we skip to the next day, and Miranda back at it again with the hat game, this time in sort of like a patchwork rainbow hat, which, I don't know, did she make this herself? What do we think? Yeah, it's a fully knitted hat, this one. It um, is. She could have made it herself. You think so? Why not? Uh, that's actually crocheted. Excuse me. It's crazy. It looks kind of like if Skittles were a hat. I was going to say it looks like she looks like if the board game Sorry was a person. Oh, that's a good one. too. <laughs> yeah. Um, and she's still going with the knitted shirt. This is really her look for the episode. Lizzie's just having another bandana episode. Yeah, a lot of bandanas from Lizzie. We had a pink and orange bandana. Now we have a purple bandana with flowers. Lots of bandanas. Yes, lots of bandanas. All right. Uh, we talked a little bit about the outfits of Matt and Oscar before, but we didn't really talk too much about why Matt just has like a Superman costume with an M already on it. Yeah, I mean, are we thinking past Halloween look? Totally possible. I'm more interested in where the unibrow came from. (laughs) (laughs) Just a Sharpie, right? It Uh, doesn't really look like it's drawn though. It looks like it's attached. um, I don't know. I I think it's probably drawn on. Yeah, maybe you're right. I like how they're M&O. Yeah. We get another hat from Miranda. Yeah, this time Miranda going with the tartan hat. Yeah, red plaid. A little bit of, Scot- a little bit of Scotland coming out here. Yeah, which is, um, I would say it's her least controversial hat. I think that's a cute hat. You think her other hats were controversial? Her other hats weren't controversial. Okay. They were just colorful. This hat did not co- stir a reaction from you when we were watching the episode. Oh, I mean, I noted it for sure. I'm Scottish, so, you know, you gotta... When someone represents, I have no idea if Miranda's Scottish or not. I don't think she is, but, you know, I respect it. Tartan looks good on people, you know? Can't help that. You know? Um, And she's wearing this most of the day. I don't like the tartan with, like, an orange sweater. That's a little clashy for me. I agree. (laughs) And I'm proud to hear you say that because I feel like I've taught you so much. I knew that orange and red don't really go together before I met you. That's a very basic outfit thing. I don't know. You wear some clashy things sometimes. Oh, I wear that just for you. (laughs) Cool. (laughs) I wear that just so I can get a reaction out of you. You wear the the pink button down with the cotton candy blue shorts just for me. It's my cotton candy outfit. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And then we didn't even mention the... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the blanket that Miranda's turned into a skirt. Oh my god! I don't even think I noticed that. How the tartan's not... back. Yeah, the tartan is is she's wearing the tartan hat, but also the quilt that she's turned into a skirt also has tartan uh, patchwork. That's wild. It's intense, but she's still wearing an orange shirt with it, so could be better. Could be better. All right, and then last outfits. Uh, end of the episode. Miranda back with the hat game. She came to slay. She did. I think this outfit really, it pulls it all together for me. <laughs> it's like she took five hats and turned, she was <laughs> like, you know what would make this great if I turn these five hats into one hat? Yes. We have the same sort of boat hat look as the first hat with sort of like rainbow patchwork squares, right? You, like, you got your red square, you got your yellow square, you got your orange square, you got your green square, you got your blue square, you got all the squares. But there's no pattern to it. It's kind of like the Google logo where it's like each letter is a different color and they don't pattern at all. Yes. You got that. So you got the the rainbow comes back, the boat hat comes back, and then you got some yellow pants. You got like a red undershirt with like a blue 
tank top over it with a sunflower on it. Like it just really, it, it, it all comes together in this look. Best look of the episode for Miranda. So Miranda for sure wins the outfit game today, I think. Yes. Uh, all right. Um, I think that's going to take us to MVPs. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe I went first last time. Oh, I'm ready to go this time. My MVP for this episode is without a doubt, Miranda Sanchez. Going to keep on with the outfit love. Keep on with the high on Miranda. For me, it's a very clear choice because Miranda is the only person in this episode who clearly is on point with all of the misogyny that is happening. She, you know, she is there to be the voice for Lizzie that is like, Gordo is wrong. And I just agreed with everything Miranda said. I think that like calling them dumb and minimizing their intelligence and telling girls that they're only good for shopping and accessories is deeply, deeply problematic and harmful. And Miranda was there to be like, that's that's BS. And Gordo owes us an apology. She never, ever, ever owed Gordo an apology. And she knew what was up. She called it out both to Gordo and to Lizzie. And I don't know, I was just like, Miranda, like every time Miranda spoke, I was just like snapping my fingers like, yes, queen. Miranda is my MVP. Cool. I'm going to agree with you. I think Miranda was my MVP this episode as well. Again, it was one of those episodes where, you know, I didn't really want to give it to Gordo, obviously. Um, A lot of times when Ethan's been in the episode, we've given it to Ethan, but he's just so dumb in this episode that I couldn't give it to Ethan. (laughs) Um, Like, how do you get an 11? That's embarrassing. Uh, Part of me wanted to give it to Matt and also to Oscar, but... You know, I feel like I've done that a lot. So I'm going to give my MVP to Miranda for all the reasons that you stated. But then on top of that, and I haven't done this at all, but her outfit game was just like so far and away above everybody else's outfit game that it just like put the cherry on top for me. Yeah, you would think that for a podcast called The Outfit Repeaters, we would be taking outfits a little bit more into consideration for these MVPs. I mean, if if it had been a tiebreaker, like if it needed to tie... I think the outfits would probably be the thing that, you know, tipped the scales one way or another. But this way, I, I don't know. Everything was just working for Miranda in this episode. So uh, Miranda, I agree, is my MVP this episode as well. Awesome. So there you have it. That was episode 120, Educating Ethan. I feel like this episode made me think about a lot of things. I think I got a little deeper than usual on the podcast. But I don't know. It was something to pick apart. I'm curious if like, because obviously we came into this and Lizzie McGuire is your favorite show, uh, is is watching it this way like ruining it for you? Is it making it harder for you to reconcile your, your love for it as an adolescent? I mean, that's always the thing with, with nostalgia, right? It's like having access to all of this content now. You wonder, is it actually a good thing? Like, do I just want to keep the memories as they were in my head? But at the same time, just because it's something that I loved as a child doesn't mean that I can't look back on it with a critical eye and start to unpack the messaging and just thinking about what I was viewing as, you know, and I was watching this show when I was like seven to like 10 years old, really, as a a child. And I don't think it's taken away 
my love for it um, for what it was back then. But I do think, especially um, bringing it back to someone who is a writer and who does create content for children, it's just fascinating to go back and just analyze it and be critical. I would say, I guess the answer to your question is in some ways, yes, it, do- it does change things, but it doesn't, it's not a bad thing. Like I can still hold on to those memories while acknowledging that, ooh, ooh, I was loving some problematic things. And I think that's, that leads to growth. So I don't think that that's bad. Fair enough. I feel so profound this episode. <laughs> well, that's a good thing. Usually I just feel like I'm just like, blah, 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 blurring words. <laughs> sometimes I just like, I feel like I live by the Michael Scott quote of sometimes I just start forming a sentence and I don't know where it's going to go, but I just hope I find my way there. <laughs> like that is me as a human. Yeah. But I feel good about this one. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> and... Yeah, on that note, that was episode 120, Educating Ethan. As always, stay up to date with us on Twitter. Ask us questions, tweet us, email us at outfitrepeaterspodcast at gmail.com. Twitter handle is at outfitrepeatpod. Yep, you can always find us at our website, www.paginatedmedia.com slash outfitrepeaters for um, our full library of episodes. We're now up to 20. We've done 20 of these. How crazy is that? 20 episodes. Plus an introduction. Yes. So I guess Mm 20.5. And also pictures of the outfits will be there as well. Yes. And be sure to tune in next week for episode 21, Lizzie Strikes Out. Oh, this should have been our Father's Day episode, it looks like. Two weeks too late. Yes. Oh, well.